When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouth. But if they won, she tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Yeah. Talkin they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah. and who the ball, the ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes, and pay attention. This is Dr. Cavill with Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. The team is hard at it and ready to go to give you an impactful show. With that being said, I'd like to do a little point of privilege. Gentlemen, um, last week was my birthday. Thank you, Charles, for helping me get it in. Boy, I was right for the weekend after that, Charles. No doubt. (laughs) (laughs) He's smoothly throwing them jabs real quick. You ain't know they happen. He's like, man, I just need to give you a little update. He's like, oh, yeah, we go get you right. Take this. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> but I wanted to thank uh, many of the folks, uh, many folks on Facebook that wish me um, happy birthday. I tried to respond directly to everybody. I think people take time to do that. I like to believe I have enough time to respond directly. So I tried to everybody. So might have hit you. And I have some strolling in late uh, in terms of my birthday. But the point is they were trying to tell me happy birthday. So I still try to respond. So I wanted to do that. Um, some folks on X, formerly as Twitter, some people sent me to text directly. Uh, thank you, Mike, uh, for showing some love there. So just wanted to give a little update there and take a point of privilege and say thanks for everybody for have, helping me have a very good uh, birthday weekend. It was it was good. It was good. What well, a million dollar way. question. Million dollar question is: Did you get your stake in, Doc? Yep. Yeah, I have a stake in. <laughs> well, I did like a. A I breakfast steak. I hadn't did that in a while. So, you know, I don't I don't know. steak, eggs. Uh, it was good. Um, Tex-Mex is good to be in Texas, man. You get some good Tex-Mex. Get your steak in there and make it all work breakfast-wise. And don't even feel bad yeah. about it. Came back and did a little bit of the siesta, if you want to say. 
So, Doc, we know you're a steak guy. So, share with the listeners or, you know, your brand of steak. Are you a bone-in? You're a ribeye? You're a New York strip guy? When you get a, a prime uh, yeah. rib, when you want to get steak, you know what, this, what is this your... what I always do. And it's funny because us three guys, we do our choice steaks, and they're all slightly different. We all have our own <laughs> personal point of privilege on the steak. We all enjoy it. And we all make sure that we celebrate it for big days, you know, promotions, celebration of family, uh, graduations, things of that. And um, obviously celebrating one another for accomplishments that take place in anniversaries. And when we do that, I like to order the ribeye, medium. I want to have a taste in there. Uh, these guys are so, you know, business world savvy, man. Uh, they make sure that they take you to really nice steak places. You know, oh, all this stuff that I used to go to, I thought I was doing something. Then, you know, I made a little money. I thought I stepped my game up to go to some of these steak restaurants, and all of a sudden, they take you to these private places, steak restaurants, <laughs> where there's only, like, one location. Yeah. Like, there's not a chain, you know, yeah. even, not even a hard. Yeah. That yeah, changes the game when you step in there and you eat those steaks. You be like, oh, yeah, this quality. Ain't an A1 bottle for miles, Doc. Ain't an A1 bottle for miles. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> you don't need none of that. <laughs> so, good stuff, good stuff. Let's get back down to the business. Uh, appreciate that point of privilege. Let me go to you, Charles. Uh, what are some news of the day? What direction you want to go into? Yeah, let's start off. Let's well, take a I'm look sorry. Back. Let me do the introduction. I got so excited. I forgot about this. Welcome to episode 485. I wonder why you paused it. Of Inside the HBC Sports Lab radio show. And podcast, the show that's covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBC sports for institutions large and small, from the NAIA, NAIA, I should say, to the NCA. We share insights and information on the HBC sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBC athletic program and the business of HBC sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Cabell, along with my co-hosts, Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. We're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live to KCH 1230 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer, multi-hall of Famer, in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. With that said, Charles, do your thing. No doubt. Let's take a look at the SWAC Men's Basketball Weekly Honors for this past week. The SWAC has named Purview's Charles Lane Jr., Jackson State's Jordan O'Neill, and Texas Southern's Jalen Weisinger as a SWAC Men's Basketball Players of the Week for their impressive performances during games played this past week. Let's take a look at Charles Lane for the Purview Panthers. He averaged over 20 points per game for Prairie View and Adams against Bethune-Cookman in Florida A&M. Uh, against FAMU, he tallied 18 points on 7 of 13 shooting from the field. Colin Play, player of the week, is Jordan O'Neill from Jackson State. He averaged 17.5 points per game along with 6.5 rebounds and 3 blocks for the Tigers to help them get 2 wins uh, on the road this past week. He was 16 of 28 all together from the floor for the weekend. Also, co-impact player of the week, Jalen Weisinger from Texas Southern. He averaged 18 points per game, five and a half rebounds, and five assists in two games this past week. He had 20 points and seven rebounds against Bam, and then he had 16 points and four rebounds and five assists in the loss to Bethune-Cookman last night. So those are your men's basketball players of the week in the SWAT. Charles, uh, that Manic Monday got to some people. He got to at them. home this time. It was at home. Some folks fell as a couple of big road victories. Close came down to the wires, but they were close in a lot of matches. One of them big upset 
uh, when you have Alabama going to Grambling and taking down Grambling that was tied for first place, not anymore. Who, who saw that coming? Yeah. yeah. Uh, not not I, said Duquette. <laughs> Manic Monday again. <laughs> Prairie View gets on the road and gets it done against FAMU. FAMU, last time Prairie View was down there, two years ago, people may have remembered that they won on a three-point shot at the buzzer. Well, they went down to the buzzer again, had a chance, wasn't a three-point, but it rammed out. A rebound, fell short, tried to put it up. Not to be Prairie View escapes after being up and controlling most of that contest. Furious rally by the Snakes. Get it done. The reason I talk about that, because it was on ESPNU, so watch the whole thing. Fascinating, along with watching some of those streaming games. Shout out to Gramlin. That's why I was able to uh, lose to that, as well as Bethune-Cookman as the Tigers. They looked like they were going to go on a second season. Uh, maybe dash to try to do something in the regular season. Well, Bethune Cookman Wildcats said not so fast in the state of Florida. They got out of there last time when I was down there on that road trip. I went with them and they, they couldn't quite pull it out. And when I say that, the Wildcats on the men's side, well, they do it this time. Fascinating matchups. But with that being said, let me go to you, Mike. Let me get your thoughts in terms of what taking place in HBC. Well, we got news all over. Well, we got news all over the place, but uh, it's been announced that Jackson State's offensive coordinator, coordinator Maurice Harris, is leaving for Auburn. Uh, he's the offensive coordinator. Uh, expected to accept a position as the offensive analyst for Auburn. This was reported. Got to give credit at first by Zach McKinnell of the Bluebird uh, Blue Bloods, as reported on HC Sports, and also a couple of your. Uh, 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 media sites. Harris joined Jackson State as its offensive coordinator before the 2023 season, leading the team to one of the top-ranked offenses in the SWAC and second-ranked pass offenses. He led the team from Liberty, serving on uh, current Auburn head coaches Hugh Freeze's coaching staff for four seasons. So in that time, the team ranked in the top 35 in scoring in three of his four seasons, including a 2020 season in which they ranked 16th. In addition to Liberty, Harris also served at Ole Miss, Arkansas State's co- on, uh, on Arkansas State's coaching staff, and with the common denominator being uh, Freeze as the head coach, looks like there's a coaching tree that's developed where he follows you know, freeze. That's how it works in the coaching ranks a lot of times. And the Tigers offensive coordinator is not Jackson State's only connection to Auburn as former wide receiver Shane Hooks transferred to the school last season. So once again, congratulations uh, big time to uh, Maurice Harris as he leaves for Auburn. Big time pickup. Charles said this was going to happen more often. We haven't quite seen an offseason like this in terms of not just the transfer portal, now it's the coaches portal as well taking place. Obviously, as I alluded to, there's a little bit of the connection there that I think always takes place, which is fascinating. Mm-hmm. But maybe there's a mix in there somewhere where Charles is leaning a little more right than what I thought. So it's well, fascinating it, it, to see, particularly this late in the stages. I'm not sure if you're used to seeing this kind of churning, K.J. Black, uh, obviously, he was already in the NFL, but he's moving up in the ranks. So you see a lot of folks that have HBCU ties that are moving around. Well, I think, it le- I think it leads to an interesting question, and it's probably one to uh, ask the professor uh, toward the last part of the uh, of the show in terms of uh, 
are HBCU fans ready for this? I mean, I, I think that's something that yep. absolutely are they ready for this? I love to answer that question, and we'll do that as a tease. As you said, we'll save it to the other side. Uh, and you might be fascinated with my answer. Stick with us to find out. With that being said, going back to you, Charles, what else is on your mind? Yeah, let's take a look at the SWAT Women's Basketball Weekly Honors. Uh, as the SWAT Conference has named Florida AM's Ariana Grizzle and Texas Others Jordan Turner as the SWAT Women's Basketball Players of the Week for their impressive performance. Let's take a look at SWAT Player of the Week, Ariana Grizzle. For the family rally, she averaged 29 points, three and a half steals, and three assists in wins versus Texas Southern and Purdue. Grizzle has been a force offensively for the Rattlers this season. She is the team's leading scorer, averaging 19.7 points per game. I think she's also the SWAC's leading scorer as well. The impact player of the week was Jordan Turner for the Texas Southern Tigers. Uh, Turner posted two double-doubles, including a season-high 24 points and 10 rebounds against FAMU on 11 of 15 shooting from the field. Additionally, she scored 18 points to go along with 11 boards and four assists. In the 75-65 win over Bethune Cook. Grizzle, Good hey, stuff. you called it right on Grizzle. She is the leading player in the SWAC with 19.7. Nice call. Got it. Yeah, Good she uh, uh I did a pregame show for uh a halftime report for Texas Southern. I was happened to be looking across stats and I was like, chatterbox, uh the SWAC's league scores down there, fam. Uh, keep Absolutely. that in mind. So. Absolutely. <laughs> Chatterbox. Hey, Mike, <laughs> give me an update. What else you got? Well, you may have seen, uh, those of you who are uh, following uh, NBA, you may have seen James Harden and his HBCU themed sneakers in the NBA game. So I had to do this. I had to do this. There's lots of facts out there, but um, he's been seen lately with FAMU models on his signature shoe. Another uh, NBA star does the same. He, in a recent game against the Detroit Pistons last Saturday night, uh, Los Angeles uh, point guard Clipper James Harden took the court and Prairie View in the Prairie View iteration of the Hall Harden Volume 8. I didn't know we were all the way up to 8. But anyway, the Prairie <laughs> View Volume 8 sports a black mesh foundational layer overlap with the purple foam. Prairie View, the Prairie View brand can be seen on the pool tabs with the gold laces and stripes, I'm sorry, not the gold stripes showing up the uh, the Adidas logo on the rear heel. So pretty neat design. I've never seen a shoe design like that. So uh, these volume eights are part of the quintet of Adidas signature sneakers with each one dedicated to an affiliated HBCU that includes Grambling, UAPB, or University of Arkansas, Pine Bluff, Al Alcorn State, Alabama State, and yes, Prairie View A&M. So kudos to James for representing HBCUs uh, uh, in the NBA. So shout out, shout out. I like that. They were cool. I got to find my way to get a whole. I got to get these, man. I, 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 these jeans are very unique. I've never seen a sneaker design like this. What well, even it is surprised, different. obviously. Uh, go ahead, Charles. No, I was saying that is a very uh 21st century design sneaker i i haven't seen one look like that exactly <laughs> <laughs> well well said well said yeah. i thought it was neat that they had some of their top players uh, in this case represent um the various hbcus happen to be all swag five of them in this case that all are uh, under the adidas contract 
So you talked about Harden, obviously, with the Prairie View. Yeah, Minnesota Timberwolves guard Anthony Edwards, University of Arkansas Pineville Golden Lions. You mentioned all five of them, but uh, just to get them specifically out there, Milwaukee Bucks guard Damian Lillard, uh, Alabama State University of Hornets, uh, Atlanta Hawk tr uh, guard Trey Young has the Auckland State Braves uh, series, and Cleveland Cavaliers guard Don Mitchell uh, of Grambling State University. And then, obviously, as you said, Los Angeles Clippers guard James Harden the prayer game in Panthers. So fascinating in terms of just that unique uh, closing up. I want to sneak one in there. Pretty excited about this, obviously, uh, in a lot of ways. It's pretty cool in terms of HBCU game. They gave a shout out to Langston. They put up there that the best basketball program in HBCU sports top program is Langston University men's. We've been talking about that all season. A lot of ways they are now 23 and one. Uh, dominating the competition at the NAIA. They're seeking another run for regular season championship, well on their way, conference championship, and then ultimately a national championship. Stacked with uh, D1 talent, um, transfers, JUCOs, as we talk about many of your programs, but you see that right there, getting it done. Fascinating to see what's going on. It's argued maybe uh, even outdoing in terms of the total shine where they are with the program. He asked, whack. CIAA SIEC wanted to make sure we shared them some love. Sneaking a little bit though about the SIEC, not so fast. Clark Atlanta University, as Ooh. they have just won 13 games in a row. Woo! Team uh, that took down Benedict right after Morehouse did. They took down Morehouse to make you shine. And as we talked about, that East division of the SIEC is massive. I have to mention the West with Miles over there, but man, that tournament. Should be yeah. something else. Uh, but they got had a close one at home in Atlanta. You know, I always sneak about, man, it'd be nice to be able to go to Atlanta, see a Division One program. Well, we heard a little bit about Morehouse. You know, I'm still got my favorites in Clark, Atlanta. But with that being said, let me give them a shine while they're doing it at the Division Two level in the SIAC. They hit a three at the buzzer. The sitting mm. home, Edward Waters University, big-time shot, big-time play. Uh, as they get it done, as they add 13 in a row, another team out there to watch at the Division II level uh, as well as the NIA level with Langston University. With that, let's take our first break. Come back on the other side before we do that. It looks like Charles maybe uh, wanted to shout out another team uh, that yeah, I didn't. I, I, yeah. Yeah. One, I'd, one, like, one, I'd one. like to shout out another one as well, too, if, if it's okay, Doc and Charles. <laughs> Shots out of here, man. Go ahead. <laughs> Real quick, I want to shout out Howard uh, Wilmer's uh, softball team. Big win over UConn. Uh, uh, the Bison Open, one of the biggest wins in program history, beating uh, Big East champion UConn to start off their softball season. So definitely want to give a shout out to uh, Howard Softball uh, for getting that done. That was big. That is big. Nice shout out, yeah. Mike. And real quick, this was all over social media and chat lines. If you watch the halftime show, for those of you who watch the half or the uh, Super Bowl, you saw a, a band, and I messed with CB. I said, man, I heard it was a, a high school band. And he was like, you better think about it. But it was, <laughs> so Jackson State uh, University of uh, – our three universities, Sonic Boom of the South marching band made a special appearance with Grammy Award-winning artist Usher – during the Super Bowl halftime show in Las Vegas, uh, the boom showed the viewers and fans how they how they step. They're, uh, they are known as a summa cum laude of bands. Okay, really? Who gave them that name? Really? 
Really? The summer that. cum laude, baby. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> Making the most of a one-time uh, lifetime uh, opportunity. Congrats to them. I saw them. I was at first. There were people like, "Is that Southern or what?" And then, and then all of a sudden, no, that's the Sonic Boom, baby. All came through the, the media, so I, I had to mess with CB. <laughs> I had to make an immediate immediate correction in our chat room, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I see it. Chest all out, chest all out, but well deserved, man. They, they showed up, showed out, getting it done. With that being said, we'll be right back after this first break. Itchy, squirmy, scratchy, family not getting clean. Get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get them. It just cleans better. With a diamond weave texture, your family can use less while still getting clean. Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, clean bottom. <laughs> <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? At Hampton Law, our primary goal is to provide non-traditional yet effective solutions and redefine the approach to client legal concerns. As your trusted legal advisor, we believe in sophisticated, personalized services that eliminate the confusion and complexity sometimes associated with legal matters. Our high standard for client care and concern, coupled with our extensive legal knowledge and skills, make Hampton Law a resource focused on the protection of the client's interest and overall goals. We value our clients and truly enjoy working with them. Visit thamptonlaw.com to conveniently schedule an appointment online. Tamika Hampton Esquire. 1631 Rock Springs Road, Suite 336, Apopka, Florida, 407-494-1471, thamptonlaw.com. Nope. Nope. Come on, him? Ooh, I like him. The Quicker Picker Upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the Quicker Picker Upper. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com When it comes to professional learning, teachers deserve better. From the leader in online learning, Stride brings you the Stride Professional Development Center, an on-demand library of mobile-friendly courses that gives teachers choice and flexibility, allowing them to learn anytime and anywhere. Our dynamic courses provide bite-sized learning and help educators advance their knowledge while also gaining professional development hours. It's time you take charge of your learning. Visit us today to get started. Impress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love that and who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. Before we get into women's, we do have that Wednesday battle uh, between the uh, Miles and Clark Atlanta that I talked about. Those number one seeds right there currently. It'll be fascinating to see uh, what takes place. I think Clark Atlanta has to go to Birmingham, so it should be interesting. That should be a big matchup. Mm. That being said, I did want to get into the women's major division. 
Uh, not really any change in the top five, um, but there are some unique ways why things change. First, nobody dropped out, as I said, uh, but receiving votes, that has changed a little bit. You have Cotton State Eagles that moved up uh, 8-13, and 13, 5 and 5-2-41. They didn't play, uh, but um, they were able to slide up based on what took place after them. Southern, with two big wins, kind of get things back in the right direction. Mm. They move up. Uh, in the receiving votes uh, with the 9 and 13, 7 and 4 record overall as they continue to climb and see what's going on there. In terms of the top five, I'm intrigued what the gentlemen think about this as there weren't a great deal of a chance to start with number five. You have Grandma State Tigers. Uh, they had a win and a loss this weekend, uh, 14 and 8, 8 and 3. I'm excuse me, they had two big wins this weekend, 14 and 8, 8 and 3 overall. They remain at number five. Texas number four, they had the loss. It was a big matchup. A lot of folks were talking about this in Jackson State and Pine Bluff. Jackson State goes on the road. They get a victory, win by 16. Uh, in the second quarter, the game got down to five points. Uh, but uh, Jackson State went on a four-and-a-half minute to close out the half, an 8-2 run and just pulled away and won every quarter of that matchup except for tied uh, in the last one. But they win by 16. Very impressive in terms of how Pineville was playing and certainly what a lot of people thought at the beginning of the season, but particularly, uh, you know, week as things led up to it, people were intriguing what would take place here. Jackson State says not so fast to everybody else and continues to be undefeated in conference play. Uh, we'll see what that means in terms of the ranking. But, Golden Lions still stay at number four, 13, 11, 8, 3, 54 points. You see there was a narrowing in terms of the point total. So, Grandma State has closed the gap a little bit there, but Pine Bluff stays over. At number three, Norfolk State Spartans, as this was an open weekend for them, uh, they are 16 and 5, 5 and 1, 61 points remain at number three. North Carolina State, Lady Aggies, 15 and 7, 9 and 2, one first place vote, 74 points. Uh, as they had an intriguing week uh, win-loss, uh, but they stay in the mix right there and tied for first currently in the Coastal. So we'll see as the looming matchup with Stony Brook should be fascinating to see how it goes there. At number one, you have Jackson State Tigers at 16-6, 11-0, seven first-place votes with 79 points. Uh, with that being said, let me go to you first, Charles. What are your thoughts in terms of this matchup? Well, obviously, I'll uh, start with uh, Jackson State uh, and uh, UAPB. I think that was one everybody had their eyes on this past Monday. Uh, it should be of note uh, that Zay Green and Myra Davenport didn't play in that game uh, for UAPB. Uh, Zay Green, knee injury, Myra Davenport, concussion uh, protocol. But uh, still, nonetheless, an impressive win going on the road, uh, getting a win against UAPB. And the thing that jumps out for me in that game, uh, is the Texas Southern transfer, Adriana Abed. I was waiting on when, you know, she would kind of mm. pop in this Jackson State lineup. Uh, she goes with 20 points and six rebounds. And uh, Jackson State, uh, they're scary because they're deep. Uh, they literally uh, go eight, nine deep. I mean, you had uh, Tylen Boa coming off the bench, uh, played 31 minutes, but she had 18 points in this game as well. So uh, they're rolling on all cylinders. They, they have the proverbial chip on their shoulder. And they're taking on all comments right now. It's they're they're a tough team. Good stuff. Good stuff. Mike, what are your thoughts on the top five? You on mute, Mike? 
as he's getting off mute. Yeah, sorry. You noticed I that guess- Jackson State <laughs> added back their first place vote uh, with that mm-hmm. big win over Golden Lions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so kind of combing through there and uh, you know picking off, you know, I, I, really no no issues with the with the top five. Uh, I wonder, could you make an argument with uh, North Carolina A and T moving up in there? Yeah, given given their record, I believe what they had a, a win against Drexel, um, but I understand UAPB and Grambling. I believe UAPB has a head to head. Um, here's here's a couple of other things to consider when you look at stats. You, you look at who's the leading scoring offense. It's UAPB. You would think it's it's Jackson State, but if you look at point differential, Jackson State's defense they're not allowing their opponents to score many, so score many points. Uh, you would think you know with uh UA you know you would think you would think that with UAPB having two scores in the top ten, Zaya Green and 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 Karaya Beck. You know, it would have. You know, you, you know, they were primed for pretty much an upset. Upset, but uh, I agree with with uh, CB Jackson State's uh, women. They they come to play in their defense. I think we can't speak enough of their defense because if you look at the offense, Jackson State's number three in the off and in the swag and scoring. Then you got UAPB and Grambling sitting above them. But when you talk about defense and what they allow opponents to do, that's where Jackson State is number one. They're the only team that's holding the, their opponents, at least on average, to less than 60 points uh, per game. So that point differential is big. That defense, their rebounds uh, is, is really speaking forward for Jackson State. And real quick, Doc, I, I saw you gave Jackson State back that uh, that, that other first-place vote. Uh, what came to mind was uh, especially to look, take a look at North Carolina A&T in that Drexel game. Uh, A&T was down seven at halftime. That was a, a nip and tuck game until the fourth quarter when A&T really pulled pulled away 19-6 run there in the fourth quarter. But I was thinking about you know that extra vote that Jackson State got, so I I'm, I can lean in that direction with regards to Jackson State with the with the win over the APB. Yep. Yeah, I think the other thing that hurts the, the Aggies, uh, the ladies over there playing some great basketball. Yeah. They had the loss, like you talked about them rebounding and getting the win against Drexel, but they had their loss against Charleston. Well, this is the mm. second loss to Charleston. Yeah. Um, so they had yeah. a chance to kind of get some payback and maybe right that eel. But the fact you take that second loss, you got two losses in conference. I think yeah. that's what uh, puts them in a tougher position and why they lost that first place vote uh, as they were stacking. Because they previously, before they lost, they had won like seven, eight in a row, looking really good, playing some good basketball. Now, in terms of the conference place, uh, which will be fascinating, it didn't hurt them because Stony Brook also lost. So both of the top teams over there in the Colonial, uh, in terms of Stony Brook and A&T, sit at 9-2. Now, Charleston, that has beat um, A&T twice, is only a game back. Yeah. Um, so A&T doesn't have a lot of room for error, even if they find a way uh, to push it out and, and you know tie for first and beat Stony Brook and lose something else. Now they got the problem with Charleston had a tiebreaker going in the tournament. So I think that does a little uh, a bit in terms of why A&T looked like they were going to get a chance to make a hard brush at the number one spot. You had that just like earlier you had Norfolk State, the Spartans doing it. Uh, but they've been playing games as they ran out first, getting some big uh, wins, not playing last week, obviously hurt them. And then you look back in terms of uh, them having the conference loss. So it'll be interesting. Can they roll out a couple more wins? And maybe they can make a threat to A&T and the Tigers. But Tigers, for me, just look good. When you get a chance to play another top 
five team in your division on the road and you control the contest like that, um, it's hard not to say that they don't deserve to be uh, number one. Credit to these teams, though. In terms of the mid-major top 25, you have all three of these teams ranked in that top 25. So yep. they're all very good basketball programs, including Golden Lions and the Tigers, uh, in terms of what that looks like. So I'm fascinated as we go down the stretch uh, to see what these polls continue to look like. It'll be intriguing to see what goes down from there. With that being said, let's take our next break, come back on the other side, and talk about the men's and see what's going on with the men's. Uh, not a lot of surprises there, uh, but maybe some overall surprises in terms of who's at the top uh, this time of the year, particularly when you think about a, co a program with a new coach getting it done thus far. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is always Ultra Thin's reinvented with the always triple protection system. This Padwick's gush is 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented always Ultra Thin's. This is always like never before. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvay. As technology continues to bring changes to the world of education, it's time we also reimagine teacher professional development. Gone are the days of one-size-fits-all learning that can only be accessed at a specific time and place. The Stride PD Center is an on-demand library of mobile-friendly courses that allow educators to learn anytime and anywhere. Our dynamic courses provide bite-sized learning and help educators advance their knowledge while also gaining professional development hours. The best professional development plans are those that include a level of flexibility and choice for educators. Whether you're a teacher, school, or district, Visit us today to take charge of your learning. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah. And who the ball, ball, So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Let's look at the top five for the men in the major division in week number six. Much like the women, not a lot of changes. People are kind of steadying the ship. You're mm. starting to see the week for the shaft, at least at the top of the conferences. And so that's remaining what you see in the rankings. You do sometimes have a difference in terms of how well a team is played. So you might see it in terms of the number first place vote. You might also see it with the team jumping up a slot or two, but nobody jumped, dropped out of the poll this weekend. When you say receiving votes, uh, I'm intrigued about this. Credit the Bethune-Cookman Wildcats. They're 12-12 and 12 on the season, sitting at 7-4. Uh, got a big win at home against Texas Southern University. 
and also a win on Saturday against Prairie View. They got two Ws. They sit just outside of the top five uh, in terms of the rankings there. In Texas Southern, that was stretching, making it look good. They were moving up. They were right out of the top five, if you remember, last week and basically number six. Well, they fall a spot. They're still in the hunt with that loss to Bethune-Cookman. They sit right outside of that. They had nine and 13, seven and four, tied with them in terms of the conference race. But that head-to-head could be intriguing. Remember, in the SWAC, you have the weighted schedule with everybody not necessarily playing home and away, and this is one of those matchups. So if they're tied, Bethune-Cookman would get the tiebreaker with that victory uh, against Texas Southern Tigers. So keep your eyes on that as things takes place. That's kind of similar to what you see with uh, Prairie View uh, and Fam uh, You on the women's side. Uh, with fam, you getting that win over Prairie. We'll see what that means going down the stretch uh, at these things, as well as Texas Southern and Bethune-Cookman. I love looking at those little things. Let's get into the top five as we get back to it. At number five, Grand State Tigers. Uh, they find a way to stay at number five, although they took that Monday loss that we were talking about earlier, Charles, to Alabama A&M. Alabama A&M controlled that contest from start to finish. Jumped out on him, and every time it looked like Grambling was going to try to make a little run, Graham, uh, Alabama A&M would get a big basket, whether it was a three, a steal, and a layup. Uh, they got it done, a block shot. Great, solid roll win for Alabama A&M. The Bulldogs credit to them, but the Tigers stay in the top five. 11-13, 8-3 mm. uh, at number five, 67 points. At number four, Norfolk State Spartans. Uh, they did not play this week at 15 and nine at five and two should be interesting to going down this stretch for these last uh, seven games. I'm fascinated to see what it looks like in the MEAC, particularly when you look at number three uh, as number three is North Carolina Central Eagles that are at 13 and nine, five and two. Uh, both of the programs you see have two first place votes. North Carolina Central is still holding on to that victory at home over Norfolk State to open things up, uh, but they do slide a spot. Last week, not playing at number two as well as Norfolk State. Bring us to number two, Tennessee State Tigers with two big wins. Jump right back up into two spot. Uh, Tennessee State is 15 and 10, eight and four overall, just outside of striking distance from the number one team in the OBC. Two first place votes, 100 points, previous rank four, as you see some of these teams taking away the one first place vote that Grandma State had. They stay in the top five, but they lose that first-place vote. Bring us to number one, Southern Jaguars. At some point, you got mm. to just say that this is a good basketball team. You keep looking for them to stub the toe. Yeah. I can find out excuses of how they're winning, but at this point, it is what it is. They're winning, and they're winning big. 15-9, and 9-2, five first-place votes, 104 points. They remain number one for the second week. How long can they hold it? Uh, big matchups, big games, robberies, getting it done, getting it done at home, on the road. It doesn't matter. Jaguars are winning and getting it done. Mike, what are your thoughts in terms of the top five on the men's side? No, 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 no issue. I, I'm really impressed with the uh, Tennessee State Tigers. You know, on that three game uh, uh, with on that three game winning streak and what they're doing in the OVC, they beat some of the strongest contenders. They they did have a snub against was it Moorhead earlier in the season, but they're playing really well. And I'm just I'm kind of one of those prognosticators who I'm saying when is Stan, when is Southern gonna trip up? They're gonna trip mm. up somewhere. 
That's why I'm not in my mind. I'll be honest. That's what I've been saying, but they are not. They are playing solid ball, solid defense, especially. So no issue at all with the polls, Doc. Good stuff. Good stuff. Like all directions you went, Tennessee State Tigers playing some good basketball. Uh, be interested to see if they can make a run in the postseason and see what that looks like, alluding to what you're saying. Uh, they're at eight and four, but it's uh, four quadrants of teams that are sitting at eight and four in the OVC. Uh, all of them are three games back of Moorhead that you talked about them losing to that are 11 and one. So it takes quite a bit to maybe catch Moorhead State. We shall see, but the tournament is one that could be up for the taking. Charles, what are your thoughts in terms of the top five? Uh, let me let me highlight the top two teams, Southern and Tennessee State. Uh, tremendously impressive, but I wanted to highlight uh, a couple players. Uh, one with the team, and one uh, not not with Southern right now. Terry and Tulsa, they're winning without the swag leader score, and mm-hmm. that to me says a yeah. lot about uh, the how, how complete a team this is. Uh, Terry and Tulsa is averaging twenty points a game. Uh, he hasn't been in the lineup, so uh, very interesting matchup this weekend. Southern, they come and do the Texas two-step. Those are going to be some great games. Looking forward to a raucous atmosphere. Uh, When you take a look at Tennessee State, uh, pay attention to a young man, Kenyon Hodges. Big game this past week, but I've been kind of just keeping an eye on him. I got an opportunity to sit back and watch Tennessee State a couple of times. One of those classic combo guards. Uh, who's right there in the mix of things with regards to not only does he score, but he's right in the mix of rebounding. He's always uh, one of those guards that's right there in terms of if not the leading rebounder for the night, he's right next to the leading rebounder. Uh, so he just brings a lot to the table, especially uh, once we start getting towards tournament play and those uh, those scorers kind of come to the fray. Uh, the past few games, uh, we're taking a look at him, uh, 10 points, uh, 18 points this past uh, weekend against Simo, but he's had um, multiple games where he's somewhere uh, double-digit score, eight, nine rebounds, two or three steals. So he just creates a lot of havoc out there on the floor. And he's one of those players that you can look towards, uh, especially when you get into the last two minutes of a game. Charles, good stuff. You talked about the fact that Southern has to go to Texas schools this weekend. We'll get a chance to take a deeper dive when we talk about some of these matchups in the next segment to see where you're looking. Uh, but two weeks from now, I know we're stretching out a little bit. You got that rematch against Grambling. And Grambling beat up on Southern. Southern kind of had it early his way in that matchup, and Grambling fierce comeback and then thumped them once they ran them down. They just kept drubbing. I'm intrigued about that matchup. And if you would, just tease it out a little bit. What are your thoughts in a couple of weeks, saying these teams, you know, even if Southern splits on the road, here uh, in Texas. That matchup still is going to be in play. Obviously, uh, Grambling is coming as well. So it'll be fascinating. Could be still a game between the two, maybe two, yeah, maybe five. Yeah. What are your yeah. thoughts in terms of what that may look like? Uh, that is a tough call because, uh, like you said, Grambling was able to get them there at home. But, you know, it's going to be payback on the minds uh, of Southern, especially if they're still riding high coming out of the Texas two-step weekend. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that game. And like you said, even with a split, uh, I think, you know, Southern is uh, just going to be a team that uh, everybody's going to be trying to catch uh, in terms of a regular season uh, title. And you take a look at the standings. I mean, 
<laughs> is tiered. You know, uh, yeah. I think two, two games separates uh, Southern and, and kind of the rest of the pack, if you will. So uh, it's going to be a, a dogfight going down the stretch. Mike, talking about the rest of the pack, as you talked about, Grambling one game back, but you got Bethune, Cookman, and Texas Southern two games back. So a lot of that has impact. Texas Southern hosting both Southern and Grambling this weekend. We'll tease that out again, as we said in the next segment. But the one I want to ask you about is Bethune Cookman. Bethune Cookman uh, has both Grambling and Southern in two weeks, or actually three weeks, as you look at the season going down. I want to get your thoughts in terms of Bethune Cookman as they've quietly put themselves tied for third, along with Texas Southern, two games behind Southern. Well, they do face off uh, in a uh, couple of weeks as we get in. I think it's that March uh, second and fourth, if you would, in terms of that series, which is uh, the week before the last uh, game of the season, which is their rivalry against FAMU, where they go on the road. Uh, but what do you think of Bethune Cookman and Grambling uh, coming up in that series to kind of peek ahead and give me some ideas of what people can keep their eyes on? I, I think it's critical. And, and first of all, if you, I agree. Let me, if you look at the at, at the standings, it kind of stratifies out. You got four teams: Southern nine and two, Grambling eight and three. Then you got Bethune and TSU at seven and four, and then you got about three or four teams sitting at six and five. So you got what I call tier one: those first four teams, and then you got the next four or five sitting at six and five or five and six. So it's as CB alluded to, very very close margins. Southern, if you look at their schedule, I'd like to look at they got a Texas trip, then they got to go through Louisiana, um, and they got to go through, you know, Grambling, they got Bethune at home. But correct me if I'm wrong, Bethune is laying around there, and it do you know, do they have an earlier season win against Southern University in overtime? Yes, they do. In the year our Lord, 2024, January 15th, they have an but overtime win. But they also go, go ahead, home, I'm sorry. They also have a home loss to Grambling uh, that yeah. same weekend. So Bethune Cookman is sort of a uh, a weird team. Uh, two of their four swag losses have been at more gym. So you know, I can't get a, a real good feel on Bethune Cookman as of yet because of their four losses, two have been at home and two have been head scratchers on the road, especially the loss to Alabama and I I can kind of yep. see the loss to Alcorn, but the loss to A&M caught me off guard. What did the Alabama A&M, didn't they just beat uh, Grambling, right? They did. Yeah, you don't so, know what you're going to get out of A&M. You don't know what you get. It's like a yeah. box of, it's like a box of shots. <laughs> Bethune is kind of my X factor this year. You don't know what you're going to get. So looking at Southern, Southern better pay attention to this Bethune matchup, even though it's in Baton Rouge. Mm -hmm. uh, that one will be an interesting one for me. Let me take you on the other side of things. The SWAC only takes the top eight uh, mm -hmm. in terms of what's <laughs> going on in the SWAC tournament. So you have three teams, PV at five and six, Alabama A&M at five and six, and Pine Bluff at five and six. It looks like fam, you may be a little too far up in Valley is certainly uh, in a position. If they're not careful, they'll be eliminated over the next weekend in regards to trying to make the tournament just to let you know how much they have struggled. But doesn't mean they can't sneak up on somebody. With that being said, you know, how do you feel about, you know, 
that fight to make sure you get in the tournament. Prairie View, Alabama, A&M, and Pine Bluff, based on how you look at some of their skills. Well, I, I when I take a look at it, uh, now's the time to kick it into gear for, for Prairie View. And be careful with Pine Bluff as well. Best scoring team in the sweat, yep. worst yep. defense in the sweat. So, yep. you know, you got to weigh out those two things. And it, it, it creates sort of a, a interesting dynamic there at 7-8, whether – uh, we're going to see kind of Pine Bluff's defense show up <laughs> or their offense show up and see if Herb, you can get that kick to get into the tournament. Yeah. Mike, what are your thoughts? Agreed. I was just looking at CB. And it's an interesting dichotomy because Southern's not even in the top five in scoring. As CB alluded to, Preview's in the top five in scoring. Pine Bluff, top team in scoring. However, you look on the defensive side and what they're allowing teams to do, you know, Prairie View somewhere in the middle of the pack, and and so is Bethune. Uh, UAPB is even further down the scale. So um, you wonder which team's defense is going to step up towards the end and have that energy. I don't know where they are in terms of in, uh, of injuries. I don't know if there are any impacting injuries. But if you look at those two, Prairie View's defense is going to have to step up, and so is, is Pine Bluff, especially Pine Bluff. I agree with you. Good stuff. Let's take a last break and come back on the other side and talk about some of these key matchups this weekend. Let's get focused, guys. We'll stick out as we kind of get excited. And I got y'all going down into the last week and taking those deep water swims, but we're going to pull it back a little bit, talk about the big matchups this weekend, and then let Charles do the question of the day. But that being said, stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. I'm returning to Clinton, Paris, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the law office of Clinton, Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. 
and press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot less. And who the ball? So listen to Professor, yes sir, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Mills inside the HBC Sports Lab. Let's get back into it as Miak get back into the action. Let's talk a little bit about the women matchups. Uh, you have North Carolina Central at Howard, Maryland Eastern Shore at Morgan State, South Carolina State at Norfolk State, and Delaware State at Coppin State. That is your Saturday matchups. On Monday, you have South Carolina State at Howard, Morgan State at Delaware State, North Carolina Central at Norfolk State, and Coppin State at Maryland Eastern Shore. We're going to do it either men's or women's. Uh, Charles, I'll talk about the women's first. Uh, those matchups, what stands out to you in terms of uh, key matchups you want to keep your eyes on for the women's? Let me go go back go back to the, to, to the matchup for the, uh, uh, for the weekend for the men. Saturday, you have North Carolina Central at Howard. You have Maryland Eastern Shore at Morgan State. South Carolina State at Norfolk State. Delaware State at Coppin State. That's Saturday. On Monday, you know, they flip. You have yeah. South Carolina State traveling to Howard. And then you have Morgan State at Delaware State, North Carolina Central at Norfolk State, Coppin State at Maryland Eastern Shore. It's always intriguing to me when you talk about those matchups because they flip. They get one game at home, but then they got to go on the road just a day later. North Carolina Central uh, and Howard, uh, that's definitely the matchup that I'm paying attention to. Both teams, five and two in conference play. Both teams on a little win streak. Both uh, uh, teams uh, carry a little momentum into this game. So that is the, the game that I'm paying attention to in the MEAC. And you're talking about that uh, five-game win streak from Norfolk State Central, three-game win streak perfectly when you talk about a key matchup as you get back into the action. Mike, what mm-hmm. direction are you going to in terms of MEAC for the women? Uh, but uh, for the women's, uh, um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the – who is it? Um, I actually want to look at them against North Carolina Central. That's That's Monday matchup, I believe. Um, they their first two resemble the men's standings, but I want to see them go against number two, uh, one six and one, one's five and two. North Norfolk State uh, women go against the North Carolina Central women, six and one, five and two. I I, I believe both have the um, what Norfolk State has South Carolina State in in between that, but I'm more interested in that that matchup with North Carolina Central. Let's take it for the women on uh, in the SWAC, some of your key matchups and see what direction you want to go with that. Obviously, uh, before we go in there, I did want to shout out on the women's. You have Hampton at North Carolina A&T. I don't see A&T having a problem with that game on Friday. And then on Sunday, uh, you have Monmouth at North Carolina A&T. That one might be a little more interesting in terms of Monmouth being the top uh, half of the uh, colonial, so we'll see if North Carolina can continue to A and T can continue to win to set up that matchup against Stony Brook. We'll keep our eyes on it and let people know. But in terms of the SWAC, key matchups there, I'm intriguing about this weekend. This is the lineup uh, for Saturday: Mississippi Valley State at Alabama A and M, Bethune Cookman at Alcorn State, Arkansas Pine Bluff at Alabama State, FAMU at Jackson State, Southern at Prairie View. Grambling at Southern, which means on Monday uh, they stay on the road, but they flip in terms of those road warriors that tie together. Arkansas Pine Bluff at Alabama A&M, FAMU at Alcorn State, Grambling at Prairie View, Southern at Texas Southern, 
Alabama State and Mississippi Valley State, Bethune Cookman and Jackson State. Mike, what are your thoughts in terms of these key women matchups? Anything stand up to keep your eyes on? Uh, so I wouldn't go uh, a little bit down in the back because I, I know Jackson State. <laughs> right now, I think they're going to keep rolling. <laughs> I have agree with you. Did I say that? I, I think Southern's gonna, you know, I I think we look at the their trip through Texas. Um, you know, when when they have you know Prairie View and and Texas Southern. Be 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 careful with that one because you know there could be a trip up. You got especially with Texas Southern. I'll be interested and intrigued to see how they match up their uh Southern to get more so against Texas Southern. Hmm. Charles, can I sell you on Jackson State and Bethune Cookman or FAMU that's pretty hot? Won three in a row. Can I can I get anything on that in terms of a matchup to watch? Or are you gonna go in a different direction? I'm gonna go in a different direction and I'm gonna throw a curveball at you. Uh Grambling and Texas Southern on Saturday. Mm-hmm. That intrigues me. And uh one of the reasons why it intrigues me because um I see kind of the incremental improvements uh, that that Texas Southern has been making, and they have a young lady who's had a couple of real interesting games, a uh, twenty-four and eighteen game uh, against Alabama A and M that jumped out for me. Uh, she's had a couple other double-digit uh, games, and right, uh, forgive me, uh, her name is escaping me right now. Uh, but if she can stay out of foul trouble, and 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 uh, she really presents a really uh, intriguing lineup, I think, for Texas Southern. Uh, and to me, their guard play has improved dramatically. Uh, where I think they get into real trouble is uh, they they take the most three point attempts in the SWAC, and they're at the bottom of the SWAC in terms of of field uh, three point um, three pointers made. So if they can kind of get in the lane and 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 hit some 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 mid-range jumpers and they get rebounds and things that they, they become really competitive real fast. So, uh, and you could probably say that for a lot of teams, but uh, it's just really noticeable to me with Texas Southern. So Grandma Texas Southern uh, is one of those games that really I'm paying attention to. A little interesting schedule of matrix. You know, OVC, you usually play on Thursday and Saturday, which is the case for most of their games, but they have one on Tuesday. It's Tennessee State. 15 and 10, 8 and 4 that we talked about, number two in terms of HBCU poll ranks for Dr. Deville this week and week number six. They're on the road in Cooksville at Tennessee Tech that are eight, that is 18 and 17, 3 and 9 OBC. You know, record-wise, you wouldn't think match up much about that, but uh, playing it earlier than natural, do you have any concerns with this matchup for Tennessee, Tennessee State? Charles? Oh, I, I thought you were talking to Mike. Uh, in, in regards, not particularly with, with, with Tennessee State, I think that I think they'll come out with the W on that. Mike, I'm gonna ask you about the Western Illinois matchup. Charles, you can jump in here if you want. It's a much uh, intriguing matchup. Both of them sitting at eight and four in the race. Tennessee State went on the road earlier this season and got the win against West Western Illinois. It's very close matchup, intriguing one in that matchup. Both of them also sit at fifteen and ten overall. So um, be on ESPN Plus, uh, fascinating to see about this early tip-off at 3.30. Mike, anything about this matchup you want to keep your eyes on? No, I think it'll be a better matchup for sure than than Tennessee State. 
Um, I think the fact that there was, you know, there was a win early in the season, I, I see Tennessee State continuing to roll. Um, you look at where they are, you know, at this point in the season and where they are statistically, they are putting up some points. Uh, one of the tops in scoring and 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 rebounds. And you look at Western Illinois and where they not are, they have a, you know, they're sitting on a two game losing streak. And you look at, you know, percentage wise, they're scoring less points per game than Tennessee. So I give Tennessee State the edge on offense. I don't have any concerns unless Tennessee State snubs just snubs at this game and their defense doesn't show up. Uh, they're they're close. The two teams are closer in scoring points per game and shooting percentage, but Tennessee State appears stronger in defense. So unless they snub and trip their foot, I see Tennessee State being able to come out with a win in this one. Good stuff. Well, with that being said, let's go to the MEAC and get some uh, thoughts in terms of the matchups from the men's side. You have North Carolina Central at Howard, South Carolina State at Norfolk State, Delaware State at Coppin State, Maryland Eastern Shore at Morgan State. You got the Maryland rivalry there with Maryland Eastern Shore. You got South Carolina State that's been playing some good basketball. They got a win over Chicago State. They played this weekend while everybody else, except for Maryland Eastern Shore, kind of went ahead and took their open date. So it'll be fascinating when you talk about Howard, Seems to be playing a little better basketball. They said it four and three. They're only a game behind against North Carolina Central. So it's a key one for Central uh, that sits tied with Norfolk State. And then you have South Carolina State, as I said. I'm fascinated to see what direction either of you go with. So I'm going to stick with you, Mike, uh, in terms of that. What is the key matchup in the MEAC on the men's side that has been fascinating? Uh, Saturdays, I gave you those. Let me give you Monday. You got South Carolina State going to Howard, Morgan State at Delaware State. Coppin State at Maryland Eastern Shore, and then North Carolina Central on Norfolk State. Cheat code for a lot of folks. Uh, obviously, the big game is Monday for most, but you might be teased. I might be able to get something Saturday to keep your eyes on. Mike, what direction are you going? Oh, this was easy, Doc. Come on now. You gave me an easy one. <laughs> this is a softball talk. So, first of all, you got North Carolina Central going against – uh, you're going against Norfolk State, number one, then going against Howard. So you got one, two, and three. You could easily have a two, three-way swing in that. So Saturday, you, so Saturday, you got you know you you got three and two, and then you got one and two, depending on how they they finish. So I'm going North Carolina Central all all the way Saturday and Monday. It will be very interesting. And oh, by the way. You look at, and I always like to throw stats in here and look at where they are. They are neck and neck in terms of scoring. Mm. Um, but it's not Norfolk State that's in number one. It's North Carolina Central and Howard. Uh, but Norfolk but it, State's at the top. But it's a point differential between the yeah. top three. 75. Exactly. Point one, 75, and 74. <laughs> yes. I, I thought that stood out to me as very yeah. unique. 75, 75, and 74.4 between the three in offensive output. And then if you look at defense allowed, Central's allowing 66, Norfolk State's allowing 67, uh, but and 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 then Howard's a little bit down there at 75. Then, then the drop off, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then they drop Man, off. Man, you, talk, so you can't get much closer than that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff, Mike. Way to drop. I see you with the data. Data. I see you. <laughs> Charles, which direction? Couple, you of, data, going? couple of data points. 
Data points there. I see you. Are you sticking no. with that Monday matchup with Central Norfolk? Or do you have something on Saturday that we need? No, to watch? no, Central Norfolk, uh, Central and uh, uh, Howard, uh, those are the games. I think, uh, uh, wherever Central is playing this weekend, I'm gonna have my eyes on <laughs> on that game. So I follow up right behind you on that, Mike. That was a good call. Quietly, Morgan State Bears sit at four and three and just a game back. They've won two straight, They're playing much better basketball. Um, they were kind of luck for dead. They have interest matchups. They host Maryland Eastern Shore, and then on Monday they have Delaware State. They can quietly make a move if they can find a way to get that done and certainly will put themselves squarely in the race to close out the season. Uh, but we shall see. With that being said, let's go to the SWAC for the men's side uh, where it goes down, and it should be interesting to see where these gentlemen say they want to take things in that direction. You heard the matchups on the women's side, but let me run it down just for everybody uh, so we can do it properly. Saturday at Mississippi Valley State at Alabama A&M. We just talked about Alabama A&M's big win on the road against Grambling. Valley struggle hasn't won a game, so we'll see if that means anything as Alabama A&M's at home. But you have Bethune-Cookman on Alcorn State. We know what it is to go to the reservation. All of a sudden, those Braves have seen waking up. They're sitting at 6-5. and five. When you wanted to leave them for dead, they said, hey, slow down. We're going to play some basketball all the way through. Two straight wins, so I'm intrigued about that. But Thune Cookman, obviously, right there in third, but they got to find a way to see if they can go on the road and get a big victory. Arkansas Pine Bluff at Alabama State. Grambling at Texas Southern. Southern at Prairie View Family at Jackson <laughs> State. Seems pretty obvious in some of those matchups. On Monday, it just flips. Arkansas Pine Bluff at Alabama a and uh, Pine Bluff, as you said, can put it in the bucket but they can let you score as well. We'll see what that means for the Bulldogs. Southern at Texas Southern, that's a big Monday matchup. The excitement there, they always get down in terms of Houston. Southern's going to bring a crowd on Monday regardless, and obviously it's going to be lit up in here for Grambling on Saturday. Mississippi Valley State at Alabama State, FAMU at Alcorn, Grambling at Prairie View and Bethune-Cookman at Jackson, Jackson State. Charles, what direction are you going for the men for the SWAC? Uh, let me see Bethune Cookman on the road this weekend. Uh, Saturday at Alcorn, Monday at Jackson State. I think Jackson State will be looking for a little payback because the swoon kind of started with the Bethune Cookman uh, uh, loss. So I want to see Bethune Cookman on the road this weekend. Of course, Southern, uh, Texas two steps this way. And to be honest with you, Grambling. Uh, same thing. So, uh, but the, the Louisiana <laughs> schools with the Texas two step this weekend. He said, "You just gonna watch it all. It's kind of hard. Right. To pick. Blame yeah, y'all. it's hard to pick. Back is just like uh, you call it, <laughs> Mike. What do you? What direction you going? I'm rolling. I'm rolling with Texas Southern all the way on this one. Uh, you, if you look at the standings, you know you got Texas Southern sitting at number four, going against number two and number one. So <clears> they got to come, and that's a Texas trip. So so bring the gumbo, bring out the jambalaya, and we'll see you with some Frenchie's wings, a three-piece and a four-piece and a pepper on the side. Which and I some booty balls. We got booty balls. Boudin balls. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, it's beautiful on the bayou. Charles, exactly. I know you wanted the question. You want to get out there before we close? Go ahead. Yeah, I think uh, it was very interesting. We saw Maurice Harris uh, leaving going to Auburn, but uh, uh, along with uh, – K.J. Black now uh, matriculating through uh, to the pros. But uh, 
the question becomes, uh, are, are, are HBCU fans, are, are they ready uh, for the doors to be opened a little bit? And I think you can, you know, you, you can dabble into it. Is it the prime effect where you're starting to see this a little bit more? Or uh, like I said, I think the big thing is are our HBCU fan bases, are they up for this challenge? Because now the doors are creaking open a little bit now for those assistant coaches and head coaches who want to coach on the next level. What's that saying? Be careful what you ask for. Hmm. A lot of folks yep. um, are real quick to say they don't like retreads. Um, even though I really don't like the connotation of what that looks like, because all coaches at some point are retread. And very seldom do you really see coaches in this league get second chances. So when people talk about retreads, I think that's uh, really backwards in a lot of ways. But <clears throat> Let's just say we go with it since that's the talk. When you talk about the retreads, the other thing is that you're going in a different direction, which means that people are not HBCU lifers and certainly not SWAC lifers, which means they're going to have interest in a lot of different opportunities. It means they're going to create relationships against a lot of folks. And based on those relationships, when opportunity comes, particularly when you open the window with this new financial uh framework that's involved with the money that's associated with some of these power five power two is super two as i like to call them when you talk about specifically the sec and uh, the big 10 but you even see the g5 offering significant money in terms of those programs which means people are going to churn as they have relationships they've coached it what i refer to as historically white college universities they have relationship with coaches that are getting their opportunity, they're going to come back and talk with folks they trust, which happen to be coaches now that are at um, historically black colleges. And I do say that there is a coach prime effect associated with some of these moves, uh, if you would, in regards to particularly as um, we've seen the framework of, of folks understanding that they want to be more open uh, with the opportunity to African-Americans. Uh, blacks, if you would, in terms of coaching. We've seen it a little bit at the NFL. Seems like things change. They do it at their own volition. But to think that this isn't a cause effect of what took place during COVID, uh, where we talked about the pandemic there, and then obviously, rest in peace, George Floyd, is still having long-lasting effects more than what probably many people thought about. And I still think that reverberation, we see that with Adidas. We talked about earlier in the show and the basketball and the connection that they want to make sure uh, that they have that HBCU institution. You still see it with the basketball side of these tournaments, with the NBA, the All-Star Week in these games. We see that coming up with the CIAA and SIAC matchup. Last year was SWAT, with Grambling and Southern, speaking of those teams. And the year before that, it was MEAC uh, with Morgan State uh, getting their ball with Howard in terms of those matchups. So we see that with Chris Paul. We see that with the 13,000-plus fans going up to New Jersey and the QQQ uh, Classic that uh, took place up there uh, where they brought in SWAT schools this year with uh, Jackson State and Grambling playing in a fabulous matchup, as well as Hampton and Howard that went down to the match uh, with Howard getting beat by Hampton where people are still frustrated about how that happened, seeing Hampton <laughs> come back from behind. It's a whole different discussion. I hate it for the Howard folks to bring it up, but I had to. But yes, when you circle back in terms of those opportunities, as the more you open up and you ask for 
folks to come in your program uh, with different athletic directors seeking to find the magic elixir to how they can get their program over the next step and find a way, frankly, to the celebration mode and the access of that money pit uh, involved in it. Yes, you will see this continue to happen. And to answer your question directly, Charles, no, the fans are not ready for this. Um, they, and when I say fans, I'm talking about generalizing. The majority of them, if you would, are going to be concerned and they're going to think the world is ending uh, because that uh, people are taking opportunities and they're going to look at it oftentimes in a negative way as if people are turning their backs on them and that they are not seeing us as being enough. So that's going to be an intriguing uh, framework to see if fans can start to turn the page and get over that hump and a different direction to say, hey, this is the new uh, framework, at least for a while, until mm. the next iteration starts to change, and we'll see what that is. But great question there, Charles. No, I don't think the fans are prepared for this change in guard, but they better get used to it. This is going to take yep. place for the next couple of years for sure. Mm-hmm. With that being said, thank you for listening to Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Yacobil, the Dean of HBC Sports, coming from Inside the Lab in the College of HBC Sports with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Uh, hope you enjoyed the show again. We want to thank you for listening to Dr. Bill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock. Check us out tomorrow. We'll have a special edition. We'll bring you some baseball. As the ping of the bat start out this weekend on uh, baseball side, we saw a little bit of the softball games take place. You heard Charles give you a shout-out with Howard with that big win as they open things up. You have a lot of the other softball teams playing, so keep your eyes on the women as well. We'll keep you the updates with some of those non-conference matchups. On the men's side, though, you do have these classics starting off with the Cactus Jack Classic, which is this weekend, uh, where you have six teams coming in from the SWAC. Uh, you have, obviously, the host schemes with Texas Southern and Prairie View. You have the Louisiana schools coming in with Jackson's, um, excuse me, with Grandland State and Southern, as well as Mississippi schools, or at least two of them, Alcorn State and Jackson State. So fascinating to see. Stick with us as Charles will be giving you some inside look on tomorrow. I'll probably sneak in here a little bit and see what I can do to help my partner with some great interviews and align you up with the special edition of Inside the HBC Sports Lab tomorrow. We'll be back on Thursday to give you a regular edition as we'll close things up. So stick with us. We look forward to tomorrow as well as Thursday to discuss the latest in the lab. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on X, formerly known as Twitter. I don't know how long we have to say that, but something about it. I guess I'm just not quite ready to use X. <laughs> so don't be mad if I just keep saying Twitter. It's my world. Facebook and YouTube, Inside the HBC Sports Lab. And then you have, as we like to say, Dream Big, continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. Mike? Lecture. Dismissed.